0: afternoon, this is Jason Medlock Once again, I'm the host of Expansion of Consciousness and Jazzy Jackson is our guest, Reiki master, um, a spiritual leader. Um, uh, also, she's a conscious leader as well. She didn't have, she doesn't have that in her bio, but she is uh, because she works in all these different modalities. She understands the importance of the mind. She understands the importance of being in the moment. Um, But Jazzy is a wonderful, wonderful uh, light, wonderful spirit. We'll get to know her um, here uh, pretty soon. I'm going to bring her on. But I want to welcome you guys back to another show. And um, thank you. Uh, This is the last show uh, of the year, and we'll be coming back in 2024. Uh, So I wanted to end it with a bang, and, and I think that we have just the right person to do it. Also, the Empowered by Consciousness, we're still doing well with it. Go pick that book up for the holiday, buy it for a friend, buy it for a loved one, a spouse. Uh, only one reason you should do it is to uh, feel that appetite of curiosity uh, for the spiritual curious. You want to check that book out, Empowered by Consciousness. But Jazzy Jackson, uh, you know, Jazzy imagines a world where people are not in constant pain or or anxiety where they're able to live the present moment without guilt or worry and to be able to dream um, for things that they like. So Jazzy's teaching demonstrates the tools that can be effective, the tools that can fulfill your life uh, and help you live a peaceful life with joy. Jazzy's hope is to enhance the human experience by introducing alternative sources of healing, divination and healing instruments that are conductive to reaching our heart cells. With a master's in science and psychology and over 15 years as a leader, Jazzy has honed in her purpose and empowered others to shine a light on their existing path. And we know that when we are able to gather a level of knowledge, uh, whether it be from Western uh, education or Western medicine. And when we integrate this with our Eastern learning and Eastern modalities, we're able to offer a broader package uh, to our clients uh, and even experience it at a higher level for ourselves. So without any uh, further accolades, I'm going to go ahead and bring on Jazzy Jackson. How are you doing, Jazzy?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. And I'm so honored to be the last guest of the season.
0: Oh, that's awesome. And, you know, we, uh, again, you and I talked uh, in the back office, we talked about how our schedules get packed with the shows. And we do this because we want our audience to experience different people and different methods of healing and, and uh, you know, how to overcome things. But then we get jam-packed with our calendar. So uh, I want to make sure that I cut it off early and I could just look at the schedule for the, for the next year. And I know you feel the same.
1: Yes, absolutely. We're getting rent- ready for winter, right? Ready to go inward, ready for the death cycle. So absolutely the right move to do right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, you are a very, very uh, talented spirit, light. I call it a beautiful light. Um, And, you know, I wanted to ask you, what was the catalyst that propelled you uh, into the world of spirituality uh, and energy healing? What happened?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Thank you so much. Um, You know, I always knew that I wanted to help people and that I wanted to be a presence in this world. And, you know, when we set out our goals... We often think that it's going to shake out uh, in a certain way, and oftentimes, when we're walking that path, things happen, and we're not necessarily paying attention to the signs or the pain in our body or whatever the case may be. And and that was exactly my story. I was sobbing to work every single day. I had the biggest you know office in the building. I was pretty successful for in you know to be in my late twenties, early thirties. Um, With the biggest office in the building with a master's in psychology. And I really wasn't paying attention. Like I thought I was doing the things that I, I wanted to do. And I, you know, I had this nice little checklist of things that society said I should be doing. But in reality, I had so much pain from head to toe. I had fibromyalgia, I had migraines every day, I was sobbing every day. And there was no real reason for it. Um, and it wasn't until I started doing Reiki, somebody had told me about Reiki. They had experienced it at a, um, they went to AA or they went to a center for to recover as an alcoholic. and And that was one of their treatments. And it really stuck with me when I had my meltdown and I started to do it consistently. And I started to remember pieces of myself. I started to have these aha moments of like, oh, this is why people stop me at the grocery store to tell me their life story. It's because that's that's kind of what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be witness for people. And um, with my background in psychology, I'm able to pair that even a little bit more by understanding the dynamics of what happens to our mental health and what's happening from a psychological perspective, as well as like my spiritual um, background it allows me to go a little bit deeper
0: with people and the beautiful energy of Reiki um, I, I love that modality it really really helps you become more balanced you can use it to heal uh, certain mental aspects of the avatar uh, physical healing as well um, it, it is a uh, just a wonderful wonderful tool to have in your in your bag of tools yeah you know And uh, let's get some meditation insight in. And I know you posted Beyond Meditation podcast. What are some of the common misconceptions people may have about meditation and its impact on their lives?
1: Yeah. You know, I feel like I wanted to start off with meditation because that was like what was guiding me. That was the thing that was in mainstream back in the day. And I think that the biggest misconception is that it it looks, the way that it looks, right? Um, Sitting on the floor, cross-legged, and trying to empty out your thoughts. And in this fast-paced world, I don't, it was not possible for me. And so it is these days because I have a lot of practice. But what I didn't know was that there were so many different types of meditation. You go out on a run and you're you are walking in nature or running in nature oftentimes that is a form of meditation because you're not necessarily thinking about work you're not necessarily thinking about your everyday thoughts you're out there appreciating nature and you know focusing on the task at hand you could do something as simple as um, you know lighting a candle and staring into that fire um, yes. that is Meditation itself. The other one that I really like to give as an example is if you are a cook, if you love to cook, when you're chopping your onions or chopping your carrots, that's another form of meditation. Um, the point is to uh, invite thoughts in, but to bring your thoughts down into your body and then see what comes up. Like Hush down the everyday chatter of like, oh, my to-do list, so I have to get eggs or whatever the case may be, having this like practice of just bringing those thoughts into your body and then allowing for whatever comes up to come up because that's usually what your body or your soul wants to kind of discuss or call attention to.
0: And then just like you, I, um, I wish I would have started off with meditation first. I came back to meditation because I it I knew I needed it to be proficient in all the modalities I was working in. You know, meditation is the base of when you prepare to do Reiki or when you're doing Reiki. Meditation is the base when you start to do EFT tapping uh, or when you start to do any type of hypnosis or any type of, uh, um, even if you're doing mindset uh, training or, or sitting with, uh, getting ready for hypnosis and I'm a uh, hypnotherapist, I use a relaxing form of conversation and taking them through a journey so i love meditation i I settled in on being becoming a transcendental meditator and we use the mantra to quiet quiet the mind and we do invite those things in just like you said we invite those outside um things in the world or whatever comes to mind and we don't suppress them we let them be Mm -hmm. And, and as we let them be, they fade away, mm-hmm. and that stress moves out of the body as the thoughts start to fade away. So we invite thoughts, and I, and I was, I was, I smiled a little bit when you said that. And one of the things about meditation is connecting to the higher self, and that's another level of how to use meditation. Um, and you speak about the higher self uh, in a lot of your work, and and some things that I've read, can you explain um, the concepts of the higher self and how does it begin the journey to connect with all aspects uh, of yourself?
1: Yeah, that's such a great question. I, I love talking about the higher self because um, when I first started to realize that I had a higher self, It really allowed me to connect a little bit deeper to spirit and be a lot more sensitive to my own gifts. And the way that I like to describe the higher self is the higher self is the version of you before you had any human experiences. It is the purest version of your essence. It's the purest essence of who you are and so if we tend to imagine a blank canvas of like who we really are without having the trauma or you know the childhood that we had or even you know anything in recent past that may have affected us on a on a personal and soul level if we go back and look at that version of ourselves of who we really are internally um, and we start to merge that with ourselves. we start to really reconnect with the inner being of who we are. um oftentimes we're just connected to the ego, which is which is fine. It's what we need to survive. The ego is there to allow us to survive and allow us to make these um choices within our earthly lives, and it's it's how we are participating in society. But getting in touch with our higher self really is that key to coming back home and and remembering who we are.
0: So, Jazzy, how does one begin the journey to connect with this aspect of themselves?
1: Yeah, I think that acknowledging it, um, just by purely acknowledging it and being open to that possibility, I think you start to kind of feel it within you inside of like, I like to think of it. It's like at the bottom of my heart, like right where my solar plexus begins. Um, I oftentimes take people on a journey through meditation. I actually have a meditation on my YouTube channel called higher self meditation. And um, you can actually through meditation, meet your higher self. And what I like to tell people to do is to often merge with your higher self because you're carrying a piece of your higher self within your being and you're able to operate from that space. And I noticed that when I do set that intention every morning that I'm operating from my higher self, I tend to have more of an open heart. I tend to have more of more compassion and more self-love and I, I tend to make decisions at a slower pace because I'm a very fast paced person. I make decisions very quickly. I'm a manifesting generator. So um, I'm always on the go. And, you know, because I'm so programmed from schooling, from parents, siblings, whatever, what, what have you, like people's expectations, I tend to always operate from my ego self. But when I set that intention that I'm operating from my higher self, things to start to kind of open up and I see a lot more synchronicities and I feel a lot more aligned and things just kind of fall into place and, and I'm coming from a place of compassion.
0: And when you mentioned the, uh, the, the meditation you have on your YouTube uh, channel, in the book, I have a meditation that connects you with the higher self, connects you with spiritual beings, uh, connects you with uh, loved ones. So these meditations are prevalent out there, and I say that for the audience. If you want to connect, you know, there are uh, certain practitioners that have it out there for you for free and mm-hmm. to show you how to do this. Um, uh, but you mentioned fast paced world, um, and I want to piggyback off of that. Uh, when we talk about the fast paced world, um, uh, anxiety seems to be a common alignment with that, Jazzy. Um, how do how do the ancient healing practices provide relief in this modern world?
1: Yeah. I love this question because I tend to mix a little bit of my psychology background along with my uh, ancient wisdom. Yeah. Um, so I had a very, very good therapist that once told me, you know, anxiety always comes up when you're living in the future, when you're worried about what's next, when you're worried about you know, what's going to happen? What's the next step? What's, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to happen next year type of, type of situation? Depression usually comes up when you're living in the past. And that really stuck with me. It really like made me think like, wait a second, is this true? And every time anxiety would come up, it's like, okay, what are my thoughts? What are my thoughts right now? And it was always like, oh, I'm worried about the meeting. I'm worried about the next client. I'm worried about like, how am I going to make rent? Like, all of those things. And it's like, okay, let me reset. And let me just be grateful right now for this present moment. Let me just let the universe know that I trust what's coming for me. And oftentimes, that little exercise would allow me to come back into my body. It might not have lasted more than 10 minutes, but coming back home into your body and being in the present moment and practicing that over and over again... That's something that our ancestors used to do way back when, when we didn't have screens in front of us, you know, they would be in that present moment and they, they would have these rituals around the fire. They would have these rituals and ceremonies where they would be, be thanking the deities, thanking the gods, thanking the universe, the earth, the stars, the sun, right? And so in a lot of my practices, what I teach people is not just these meditations, but I also lead them in ceremony or, you know, winter solstice is coming up December 21st. And I'm going to have this whole virtual ceremony where we're going to um, celebrate 2023. We're going to write about our shame, our guilt, our worry, and let that that stay here in 2023 and also celebrate all of our amazing things. And we're going to do that through ritual and ceremony, which are things that our ancestor used to do before we evolved into this technology space that we're in
0: awesome you speak also about the role of divination how do you see the role of divination in today's society and you know has it helped you personally um you know in your own journey
1: yeah, absolutely. So I started off with tarot cards when I was really, really young. my My mom, my aunts, my grandma, all of them, they used to always visit tarot readers. and there's a lot of lore in my family about, you know, great grandmothers reading the tarot cards, but not just the tarot cards. they used to read, they used to do readings with the regular um, deck of um, playing cards. And so I know that that's always been in our lineage. But you know, anybody can learn the tarot if that's what you are attracted to. I often tell people, like, look at the pictures. Are you attracted to the pictures? Are you trying to solve what's going on in the pictures? Because that's really what intuitive tarot is all about. And then later on, I learned about pendulum. The pendulum is such a beautiful divination tool where if you're on if you're looking for confirmation from spirit that's a great tool to use. And I actually have a video also on my website, um, in my blog about pendulum. And, um, I teach you how to actually, it, it only takes five minutes and it's also a way to lean into your mediumship and lean into your relationship with your spirit guides. Um, because you know, you, you've heard of muscle testing and you can use your, own body as a pendulum. And that's, that's another way that you can communicate with spirit. Um, I'm I- glad
0: you said that Um Because I was gonna, I was gonna wait until you finish. But when you said muscle testing, the first thing that came to my mind was the sway test.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. totally. The sway test. Yes. You can absolutely look that up muscle testing. You can look it up as well. I have a friend that literally does it with a finger. She'll ask a yes or no question. And if, if it's a, if it's a yes, Right. It won't, you can't go through it. But if it's a no, like your your hand will give. Um, and I thought that was so interesting. I was like, I'm gonna try that. I was like, that's a great way, instead of me trying to like sway myself in the middle of a grocery store or something like that. But I think it's such a great tool. I mean, even like tea leaves, like I tried uh doing tea leaf reading. I was like, this isn't for me. So I ended up moving on and now I'm learning how to do bone throwing, but you know, there's so many different types of divinations. I would tell people to If you're looking for a deeper connection with spirit, if you're looking for a deeper connection to your higher self and um, you're wanting to learn these things, it's not just the tarot or oracles. You can absolutely do tea, tea divination. You can absolutely do bone throwing. You can do pendulum. There's so many different types of divination. It's all about experimenting and see what calls and, you know, to listen to what calls to you.
0: You know it's fascinating how you're able to mix and match the modalities um, using psychology um, and this 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 meeting up with spirituality you know just the mix of those two um and uh, should i say that you know the masters is in psychology um so you are very very proficient uh from both aspects of understanding so how did you bridge the gap between traditional psychology practices and spiritual healing methods? Because you appear to be well versed in both and having you as a teacher or as a, a guide has to be absolutely awesome. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Yeah, I, you know, I look at it as being a very holistic teacher because I'm so ingrained in like the science aspect of things, because when I started off with the Reiki, I was like, okay, wait a second. This is a little bit too woo-woo for me. Like I need to understand the science behind it. And so I started to dig in and I started to really look at different journals, at different experiments, at different types of, um, information that was out there. And I was, there's a book called, um, Eastern mind, Western body or Eastern body, Western mind. And it, it, it's such a beautiful piece of work because it really does bridge the science behind the chakras, the science behind Reiki, the science behind energy work itself. And so I take the studies that I had in the university and I'm really able to hold some deep space because what I find oftentimes with people that have just a Reiki certification, I know that they're out there doing the good work, but the missing element is what we call in curanderismo what we call la plática, and la plática really is something that is embedded in all of th- in, in therapy itself. It's it's why therapy is such. A huge field because just talking about your problems, just bouncing it off someone and really having someone that knows how to actively listen and knows how to hold space for that person is healing. Telling your story over and over again is healing. Being Having somebody witness who you are and what you're going through in this world is pure healing. And to pair that with the energy work and channeling the Reiki energy or the shamanic energy, alignment energy, guided energy, medicine energy, you know, it allows me to really um, provide a holistic kind of um, service because I'm pairing kind of some of the cognitive um, things along with the energy work.
0: And it, it just strikes uh, a chord in my mind of ancient. Meets modern, um, and that in itself is a is, is is an interesting topic, an interest interesting statement. So, how do you strike a balance between the wisdom of ancient spirituality traditions and the demands of our modern lives?
1: Um. <laughs> I love it. We have time, we have
0: time.
1: I. I still try to figure out that balance because there are times, um, for example, in the last year, I really dove into this program where I was apprenticing with a, a shaman, uh, a shamanic practitioner and I was learning you know the indigenous ways and it really took me to one side of the spectrum where I was really deep in the spirituality. I was really like kind of off in the clouds, if you will. And there were several times where I was just pulled back into like the 3D world, the everyday world, and seeing like, like feeling, really feeling that vibration and being like, oh my God, like, okay, I've been off in the clouds. Now I really have to pay attention to this. And then I'm like back swung into the other side of the pendulum. And what I have found out, and this is kind of something that I've been saying for a few weeks now, um, when I'm talking to people general, in general with um, different types of people is what I have found out is that, or what I have validated is that um, it's all about moderation, right? Um, I think that just like food, you know, um, exercise, like all of those things, like if you do too much of it, you know, you kind of find yourself off off kilter, off balance. And, um, I think coming back to the middle, um, everything is about coming back to the middle. I like to think of like, even, you know, when, when I was doing my Reiki studies, one of my biggest intentions was to get rid of my ego. Like I want to lessen my ego. I want to quiet my ego. And I kept saying that and doing that. And what I really realized is that like the ego is there to protect you. It, the ego is there for a reason and for me for in this human experience. and so I had to come back to the middle. Um, and so it's really all around mindfulness and understanding like, am I living in the present moment? Am I over committing? Do I have really clear boundaries in terms of like, what am I saying yes to? And am I putting in that daily practice of whether it's meditation, breath, work, yoga, whatever the case may be? Because if I go days and days without that, then I'm right back into, you know, the modern times of like the the hustle and bustle. But I really need to have that balance um, within my life.
0: The death of the human ego. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's so um, uh, fascinating when you talk about the ego Um, and how it's it's connected and tied to us, the book by Ram Dass, Be Here Now. I think that maybe you and I talked about this book before. It's a blue book, and on the inside of it, it's almost like, you know, the grocery paper type Mm -hmm. paper? Everything is written on that paper. It's a beautiful book, Jazzy. Be Here Now, and it talks about the death of the human ego, and all this is intertwined in psychedelics, And when you get to that chapter, you got to let me know uh, because I speak directly to the ego in psychedelics and how to come face to face with it. Like I did and observe it and it made me sick to my stomach to see me acting this way. My ego was so much powerful than I even thought, but it's it's an interesting concept. It can throw us all to another uh, uh, conversation, but I want to stay with the somatic practices that you were speaking about because um, those practices are often viewed as mystical and, you know, sort of out of reach for the average everyday person. Uh, So how do you make it accessible, Jazzy, and revel to the everyday individual?
1: You know, what I find uh, kind of funny is that it really isn't inaccessible to the everyday person it really like when i ask questions to certain people um they're like oh yeah i do have some of those practices like something in our lineage has been passed down from generation to generation whether that's like making your own tea when you're like cold when you have a cold like there's certain things that we're putting you know the way that we make soup maybe like a recipe or whatever the case may be we might be using like you know i know in, in my culture like vicks is like the thing <laughs> the holy grail to everything but at some point we were making that by hand we were we were picking off you know the leaves and the plants that were the healthiest for us and we were we were putting that into concoctions for our health right and so when I think of shamanic practices, I think of everything from the prayers we say at night to the things that we're putting in our food, the things that we're used to eating, you know, in certain holidays and things like that. There are certain practices that we all have. If you really take a second to just think about, like, what's something that my family does that I never really talked to anybody about, but it's it's something that's still in my practice today. And when people really think about that, it's like, oh, yeah, I do I do some of these things. Like I was talking to this one lady a few months ago and I was telling her how to make moon water. Basically, all you do is you take drinking water, you put it in a glass jar, and then you you set the intention under a full moon and you you put it under the full moon and you let the full moon imbue, imbue it. And she's like, you know what? My grandmother used to do that. And so now she does it, right? Um, and so if you really think about it, there, there are probably things that are within your lineage. Um, But the way that I also like to make it accessible is I, if you visit my Instagram, I have tips there. I also have a Patreon where I literally teach things like the moon water, like making the moon water. I just recently did a boundaries class where I taught people about not just how to say no, but how to say yes to yourself, but also about energetic boundaries. And so those are all kind of some shamanic concepts that I I teach and I share with my community.
0: You know, and we have to battle this as practitioners, the skeptics, when it comes to energy healing or alternative therapies, we battle this and we, you know, we, we, we approach people and we talk to them about it, but it's not mainstream. And what's so beautiful about uh, your knowledge is part Western and in part Eastern, and you're able to give two scenarios on how to approach different um, ways to heal you're a person who who may be approaching you, but how do you approach the skepticism and have you ever converted a skeptic of some of the things that we do for a living?
1: Yeah, you know, th- that's such a great question. I don't ever go out like setting. um a goal to convert anybody into anything. Um, I I, I want to go back to your comment about, you know, looking at your ego and being so disgusted and,
0: mm-hmm. and like,
1: you know, a lot of that when, what I like to tell people is, you know, for you back then, like you just have to love yourself for where you were at in your developmental stage, right? You didn't know any better. That ego came from somewhere, from for some some program that you had, whether it was the way that you viewed success, the way that you viewed other people, the way that you viewed yourself, right? And so when I take that concept, right, I it's not my job to convert anybody. All I can do is be an example in the world and share what I have to give. And if it resonates, that's awesome. I am more than happy to share and talk more about it and go more in depth. Um, if it doesn't resonate and it feels like work to me to try to convert someone then that's just that's just not <laughs> that's just not for me to say or for me me to convert anybody because I believe that the people that do come to me and are ready for it really are looking for something are really are open to it um right everybody's at a different stage everybody is living their own reality. And they don't necessarily have to be in my reality. I think that when they're ready to be open to some of my teachings or some of my wisdom or knowledge, then that's when when I kind of appear in their lives. Um, I have had skeptics. I, I'll give you an example. I had this one gentleman come into my office to hook up my Internet. And he saw my space, right? I have like Buddhas everywhere, and and I have, um, you can tell that I have like this this Reiki room. It looks like a mas- mas- masseuse room. And he's like, "Oh, are you a, mas- a massage therapist?" And I, you know, I explained the whole thing. Like and no. He, he kind of took a step back, and he was like, "Huh." He's like, "Well, but don't you?" He and he said something to the effect of like it's pseudoscience. It's not like it's not like, um, it's not real. And I said, yeah, but when people come to see me, they feel so much better and their angst and anxiety go away. And so isn't that kind of the point of going to see somebody anyways? And he was kind of like, oh yeah. He's like, I guess if it is a placebo effect, <laughs> um, you know, and it works that I guess. And so I wouldn't say I converted him, but one of the things that he did say before he left was that he was going to contact his um his friend his girlfriend's friend who started doing reiki to kind of investigate this more so i planted a seed which is always my goal like i'm going to plant a seed i'm going to tell you a little bit about what i know and how i live my life and if it resonates then awesome and if you go out and you try to look for more information then you know, blessings to you, but I don't ever try to like get anybody to see my, my point of view.
0: Wow. You know, it's all about inner harmony. Um, when you are practicing and working in these modalities and when people come, um, to you with their own paradigm of the way they see things because of their construct or how they grew up, you know, you could say something subtle to sort of jog their memory or to in- intrigue them or they're just not ready. But when yes. someone with your diverse knowledge from shamanic practices to reiki, you know, if someone were to start their own journey towards inner peace like today, what would be the first step? Um, or what would be the first practice you would recommend to them?
1: Oh, that's so hard because it's so personal. And I, you know, my, my biggest recommendation would be to don't stop at the first thing that you try, because yeah. for me, the first thing that I tried was yoga and yoga was not for me. Um, I had so much pain in my body and I said, okay, well, spirituality is not for me. And then I was like, okay, well, let, let me try meditation. And that didn't work. And I was like, okay, spirituality isn't for me. And then I tried Reiki and I saw so many colors behind my eyes and I got to get in touch with my inner being and I felt all the stress and anxiety melt off of me. And I said, okay, I think spirituality is for me. What else is out there? And so I started to feed my soul with breath work, divination, um, moon circles, like I, my biggest recommendation is try multiple things because something will hit something you will resonate with something, but you will not resonate with everything.
0: Wow. Absolutely beautiful. And, um, I guess the last thing, um, share with the audience, any specials you may have any programs coming up, any freebies. Uh, a pardon, last word to the ladies and the, the gentlemen who are out here you know, trying to get to know Jazzy. Um, would you like to share anything else that can help people know where to find you and know exactly what you offer to the world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So like I mentioned earlier today, um, I have a Winter Solstice Celebration coming up on December 21st at 4 p.m. Pacific time. It's going to be virtual, so you can join from the comfort of your home. We're going to do a full ceremony around releasing 2023 so that you're ready to manifest in 2024. I'm going to be doing a new moon circle January 11th as well um, so that we can start to put our vision boards together and start to manifest what's next. Um and I have a couple of classes coming up. I'm going to uh do boundaries, uh, master your boundaries again in uh in February, um, so that we're you know emerging into our new selves for the spring. And I would encourage you to follow me on Instagram, Crystalina Vortex. I have I announce a lot of my upcoming events there. And um, of course, my website, www.krista-luna.com. And I also have a new YouTube channel called Sacred Arts.
0: And I love her photo um, on that on that actual YouTube channel. Just the, the peacefulness and the colors are so vibrant. Thank you. Um, yes, yes, indeed. I am so glad that you came on. I had a wonderful time when I came on your show, but I knew that I wasn't letting you off the hook that easily. And, uh, <laughs> and thank you for understanding my son's graduation. Um, um, but uh, yeah, this is wonderful. And I, I, I wanna present different people uh, that can touch the audience and you may resonate with that one person, but I wanna thank you for coming on and uh, we really appreciate you.
1: Thank you. This was, this was a great time. I know we can talk forever about all these things. So I'm happy to have been. Well, that, just
0: say, that just saves it for you to come back the next quarter or the next few months or whatever. You know, we just, just kind of give them a little bit. And you know, when you're coming out with something, you got something coming on and you like, Jason, I need to come on. I need to talk. Just, just let me know, you know, and it's uh, always, likewise. Open, open, open. <laughs> I'm going to put you in the back office and I'm going to finish this off. So don't go anywhere. Uh, let me just, close this out. Okay. Jazzy Jackson, uh, Reiki practitioner, um, and, and she's a very, very, very strong presence uh, in the spirituality community. Uh, someone who understands um, how to blend in the traditional psychology uh, practices of uh, American uh, Western uh, academics that meshes with uh, ancient Uh, tradition um, and shamanic practices, but thank you for allowing me to present uh, Jazzy and the things that she does and the modalities that she practices in and the expansion of consciousness. This is what we do. We bring people on, we share experiences, we share stories, uh, and we always have practical things that people can do to improve their lives. And I want to thank you guys for, uh, again, um, logging on and Uh, Click and subscribe. We all want you to do that. Much appreciated. So we're going to close this thing out and we'll see you the next time. Um, Have a good day and we'll see you soon. Bye now.